We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. Greetings everyone, welcome to episode 49 of Salt Ships and Scuttlebutt, a world of warships podcast. We're nearly up to episode 52, if we did it every week that would have been a year. I, I should check when we started, it's been over a year uh, when I started this with Bex07, but we're doing it every second week or for a fortnight, for those that don't understand that term, my word, there's a few of you. Um, but I'm joined this week again by Captain Green, how you doing brother? I am good. I had uh, a lady throw ham at me today at work, so that was. <laughs> did you pay? Did great. you pay extra for that? No, that wasn't even like anything like that. It was a lady yelled at me um, that she wanted uh, three quarters of a pound, and I gave her half a pound. I said I'd be more than happy to to cut the rest. I'm very sorry. And then she said, "I bet you would," and threw the ham at me and left. Oh, sorry that and you had that man- kind of abuse. And then my manager yelled after, what's your problem? So, you know, I uh, just ran into all sorts of people. Her name wasn't Karen, was it? I don't know. It it looked like one, not to to generalize. Oh, well, sorry sorry that you've had such a a tough run at work. Um, I must say, I am enjoying my days down here. My last day of leave, I go back to work tomorrow. I have had five and a half weeks off from work, so I'm sucking down some beers today too. As commiseration for myself, I've actually got to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah, that must be nice, having to survive five weeks off of work. That must have been really freaking grueling. <laughs> yeah, I've seen my workload. Um, how do I... It can't be that bad. You're on the box all the time. It's, hey, you want to play Division? It's like morning. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Workload is pretty severe. I don't want to drop to what I do for work. I work in IT. I work in a product team. I'm a product manager, but I've had to, in the last two months, globally, strategically, we've had... Um, people in Europe say, oh, look, you've now got to integrate with this product. We've known about it for six months, but you're the last to know, and uh, you started yesterday and drop everything, and you've got to get it done within a month. Wait, but you're a manager, though, so you don't... Yeah, but we're the last to know. It comes, oh, it comes no. from the top down. Trickle, trickle down IT. We got, we love to see it. I'm sure it works in every organization. Trickle down, it hits someone that actually has to then start organizing the work, but all, all the pressure's on them. In school right now, I'm actually in the middle level of that trickle down because I'm on uh, tier two help desk for IT. Because uh, I'm, I'm going to school for, for server stuff, server maintenance. Uh, can you, can, you, I, can you do me a favor? When someone rings yeah. up with something really dumb, can you just say there is a solar eclipse with the sun and that's going to cause you issue for the next three hours? So there, there's a teacher that often calls me about password problems, completely forgetting that she can just reset passwords herself. So Maybe she likes talking to you, Greeny. No, yeah, everybody loves me. Come on, have you met me? Everybody loves me. But um, so she'd call over, and there was one time where my she called like four times in, in a day. And my teacher looked over, and he was like, he mouthed, is it her again? And I nodded my head, and he started screaming. <laughs> and he started screaming about zombie outbreak, and then he hung up the phone. And he's like, call tier one, have them go deal with it. You're not dealing with this again. <laughs> so... I've, I've really been enjoying, can't wait to get into the industry. 
Welcome, welcome to the industry. But um, moving back onto Warships, we're joined by a special guest this week. We are joined by Bogsy from Wargaming. Greetings, sir. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you guys doing? I'm alive. I'm good. I yeah, cannot you, got, uh, you got hammed in the face, huh? Yeah, it was a pound of honey roasted ham, dude. That had some weight to it. That would have taken. Did you make a sandwich <laughs> or did you just put it back into the um, deli section? Uh, I put it into the pre-slice section because I it bounced off of my forehead and then I caught it so it didn't hit the floor. I don't get. I don't get why some people would be so angry about that though. It's like I, I just don't but, get it. I, I think we should just all be grateful that it was honey baked and not peppercorn because peppercorn could have been fatal. Yeah, I know peppercorn yeah. would just cave my skull in. It would have been like a Mortal Kombat. <laughs> would have been a Mortal Kombat finisher. Yeah. Finish but, him. <laughs> <laughs> Local boy hospitalized after a woman tomahawks <laughs> hand into his forehead. <laughs> there, there's a you, you run into it a lot in these small towns, um, and my, my my school is in a is in a very 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 small town, and you just there there's certain customers that just come in and they they think that they have permission to take out all of their problems on you. And as somebody who's grown up in a small town and as somebody who's, who's done a lot of working in small towns, like, I, I, I'm sorry your tractor didn't start this morning, but please don't take it out on me. It's never, like, massive earth-shattering things. Hmm. It's, it's always, like, an amalgamation of small things. And then you just get some lady coming in. Oh, hi, ma'am. What, what can I do for you today? Welcome to the, welcome to the deli. I didn't ask you for shit. And you're just like, all right, thank you. I I didn't. Thank you. I'm just trying to be nice. Well, it's the I, same. I wish I could sympathize, but you see, I work for a video game and nobody ever takes things out on uh, people who work for oh, video definitely. games. People oh, on the internet are very definitely. reasonable, very rational. <laughs> the, the, keyboard, the keyboard warriors are some of the yeah. most balanced people you've ever met in real life. I was going to say, because if I remember correctly, you used to work as a bartender, right? I did. I, so you, I worked as a bartender in Los Angeles for 13 years. And so I'm sure the compliments would have been better. Like that. I, I have a lot of stories from, from that time. And, you know, I, some of them are like kind of crazy. Others are just cool. And I never know really which ones are more interesting to hear about, to be honest with you. The cool ones or the crazy ones. I, I, sh I should have yeah. asked you who's the most famous person other than yourself that you've served a cocktail to. <laughs> The most famous person. Uh, I mean, it depends on like the richest or like the one who's been the, most, seen the most. Most, most well like known, like. It's... Okay, so I, I'll give you a couple. Um, when I when I bartended in Beverly Hills, one of my regulars was James Kahn, who, you know, he, he died not too long ago, but mm. uh, he was really cool. He he was just had this big bright personality, uh, and he, you know, he'd say hello, Mister Kahn. You know, welcome back. He goes, call me Jimmy. Would you just please call me Jimmy? No, no, yeah. Mister Kahn. I thought it was cool. Like James Con called me to told me to call him Jimmy. It's like, all right, that is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, and then Kate Upton came in another time. If you if you guys know who she is, yeah, okay. I, I didn't recognize the first person, but I know who Kate Upton yeah. is. It yeah, it took me cute. a second as well. Uh, former Sports Illustrated model. Uh, I think she's married to a famous footballer, um, American football guy. Uh, but uh, she's she's very beautiful. And when she came in, she like. I didn't. Really, she's like six feet tall, or she certainly she must be wearing heels or something. So, so really, she's, really she's tall. taller than you, Bugsy. She's taller than me. I'm five ten. I didn't want to go there, but yeah, I thought about it. <laughs> keep Sorry, that off. Keep that off. Everybody knows I'm 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 not a huge 
down. But, we'll uh, take it out in post. We'll take it out. You, you, you anyway, can wear your high heels to work one day, Bugsy. Uh, that, I mean, I, you guys can't see me when I'm streaming, but I wear what I want. That's how it works. I wear what makes me feel comfortable so that when I face the, uh, when I face the tomatoes of the live stream, my feet are, my feet are comfortable. God bless. But uh, I, yeah. uh, Kate Upton was kind of crazy because she, uh, she, like, she came in, she ordered a glass of wine, and she never broke eye contact with me while she was ordering. Like, oh, that you know how be, like, predators would, in the jungle yeah. like, will sometimes do that? They never break eye contact. And I don't like that. That's yeah, it, it scared the shit out of me. That, I, I feel like she's going to go like, back into her car and just like, molt into a lizard person after that. I like, I, I like healthy eye contact during a conversation. Um, you know, I think that that that's something that can show you know genuine interest or that you you care about the conversation. I know you're, you're giving just, me eye contact right now, Green. I'm looking right at that wonderful profile picture you have. Yes, <laughs> that is a good profile but, uh, picture. But yeah, if somebody's drilling their 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 eyeballs into me, yeah, I I don't like that. That like stands the hair up on my neck. <laughs> it's weird. It's it's actually like um if if you keep eye contact with someone for too long, it is actually it triggers a fight or flight reaction because. It, it just it's hard to know what to do exactly which is why like if you if you do that with a dog the dog will take it as a um a challenge and either get upset or or you know avert their eyes yeah that's i never i never knew that growing that's what you guys up. brought me on to talk about right was, well, that, oh, was, this, that was that, that was Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I, I spent 40 minutes with a stand-in co-host talking about Deep Rock Galactic with Gaishu. I This is fine. I, there's, we, we have some standard Dude, deviation from the if, topic. If I did that, I think I'd want to get hit in the face with a slight ham afterwards. <laughs> oh my god, it's a good game! No, no, I, I, I played oh it for five god. minutes and I've never played it since. Gaishu, uh, I, I absolutely love working with Gaishu, by the way. Gaishu is incredibly smart uh, and knows so much about the game that, uh, you know... Do you want to hear something disturbing, Boxy? Do you know what Gaishu and Captain Green have in common? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Do oh, they both no. look like Abraham Lincoln right now? No, 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 no. Genshin Impact. No! Okay, that's not where I thought you were going. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that Gaishu also has a couch in his in his lawn, on his front lawn. Oh, he, no, might, for, yeah. for, okay, he might for a wee, though. I want, I want to thank you for that. And and the barbarian comment because that has spread into a meme. That oh, really? Is so powerful. Yes, you could post that image anywhere on the COT server, on the PN Discord. You could post it here, and people just go, "Green's a barbarian. Green's a barbarian <laughs> with his yard couch." I love it. It's, it's I love a, that you are representing Americans in front of all these Europeans and Asians, and like you on a couch in your yard drinking a beer is like. What, it's like peak America. That, what's oh, more, God, yes. can't get more American than that. It's your <laughs> land. I'm a real American. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the Hulk Hogan theme for those of you that don't know. <laughs> uh, so now that you've moved to Texas, uh, Bugsy, when are you going to get a real accent? Oh, man. You know, it's, I, I, I really like Texas. I did not know if I was going to like Texas. I've been here. I got hired by Wargaming in September of 2021. I moved here uh, about a month and a half later, and I really wasn't sure how we were going to deal with it. Um, you know, Texas and California is about as polar opposite as you can get, but I absolutely love Austin, Texas. Um, it's, it's pretty great. There's far too much pollen in the air, like six months out of the year, and it's, it got so bad to the point where I had to get a steroid shot because I was, my allergies were so bad. But uh, 
<laughs> Again, this is just taking me one step closer to being my all-time hero, Hulk Hogan. So, you know, bring there it There we go. Yeah. They, uh, I actually had some friends that I visited in Texas as well, and I was equally blown away. I thought I was just going to go down there. Okay, it's going to be hot. Somebody's going to be walking around with a six-shooter, and, yep. and partner's going to come up once or twice. And, I and haven't seen a single gun here. To, to start it off, I immediately got hit with partner when I got off the plane. So I'm like, all right checks out so far but yeah then you you go through and it's it's a lot more of an in-depth state than you think it is it's a lot more three-dimensional it's not oh, yeah, cowboys it's on every sure. corner oh yeah i mean there there are and don't get me wrong there you know it has ups and downs like every state mm. like i i'm very happy to have grown up in boston but you know having to play frogger with mbta trains and like the worst snow removal in the country. And it's something I wish, you know, we didn't have to deal with, but ups and downs, like every place in Texas was no different. It was wonderful. Also drunk Whataburger at 2 a.m. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. I, I didn't know what Whataburger was until I got here and uh, it's, it's pretty good. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But, is, there, uh, is there anything to be from California? And I believe you're from New York originally. I'm originally from Oregon. Oregon, my bad, my bad. Yeah, wrong, wrong there, corner. Uh, is there is anything, anything you miss I miss from California? Um, I mean, at California, there nothing nothing grew in Los Angeles, so I didn't have any allergies. Um, when I I have I had really bad hay fever, so pollen gets me. And you wouldn't Oregon, come. To, you don't want to come to Australia then. Do, do things grow in Australia? Regretfully, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they they grow everywhere. We're very green. Oh wow! Okay. Well, the uh, East Coast, um, there's lots of deserts, but it, it, things grow everywhere. I, I, honestly, I would love to go to Australia or to New Zealand or just somewhere down there. before. Oh, you want to see the I, hobbits in New Zealand? Before I get dev-struck someday. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I do miss California sometimes. Um, I miss that. I also miss the fact that just like, you know, I, a lot of my friends are still there because I've yeah. I'd lived there for a long time. So I, I really miss uh, some specific people. And uh, But uh, I am... I absolutely love my job. So that is awesome. I, you know, yeah. Now, you, as you said, you've been with Wargaming now just on a year and a half. Um, most of us yeah. are used to you being the public face for Wargaming via the NA stream. Sometimes the EU ones when you go on those trips to EU and um, anything. And dev blogs, which is a team effort, but you're across them. What are the, some of the fun things that you get to do um, that people are not aware of? And what is probably the happiest moment that you can share with us that you've accomplished at Wargaming? Oh, um, well, so happiest moment. I, 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 could, I guess I could phrase it as like maybe the proudest moment that I had. Yep. Um, yeah, so like, so the, 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 uh, the bounty event that happened, used to happen only on NA, uh, was, a, was a, an event that was started a long time ago by a fellow named Nico Power who used to work for the company. He basically started it as a forum engagement event. So he would he would say, "Hey, all of you forum dwellers, let's do this. Let's. I'm going to pick 300 of you. I'm going to give you press accounts, and on a weekend, we'll go. We'll send you all out into the game on these press accounts that are all named, you know, whatever, whatever. And then afterwards, we'll encourage people to sync you for prizes. And then afterwards, we'll you know we'll do a basically what we call a BI poll. You know, it's business intelligence. So you, you basically say, I want to know who killed this list of players over the." Uh, over the weekend, during this time to this time. Hmm. And then we give prizes to him. And it, they, that happened for years. Um, my predecessor, Hapafodder, he, he did it, he continued it, and he did it. And then when I started, I wanted to do it too. So um, 
I, I ran two. And then I actually sort of, some folks in the company saw what we were doing and were like, that's, that's pretty cool, actually. That's a fun thing. They said, we'd like to do it on other regions. And I said, I can't, I can't run it on multiple regions. It's too complicated because it requires too much, yeah. too much watching and paying attention. So they said, well, what if, like, what if we actually integrated it into the client? And I was like, yeah, that'll fix it. Um, that'll, that'll make it real easy. So I actually got dev time. You know, they, they built it into the system and integrated it in a way that took a huge amount of the uh, actual manpower and, and time and effort out of my hands and just I, I've, I've got to say, I participated in the last event and I loved it. I didn't have to log in um, yeah. to, to two accounts. I didn't have to play my main. I didn't have to play this press account to get right. the how many wins or games we have to play and, and just that being means able the play. rewards can be a mission they can be a combat mission yes. so the rewards are automatic and not only that like it, you can do it all yourself you can see it um it's all there and they even put like there's a target marker over your head now so you can you don't need uh, the press account to denote that you're a bounty because there's a visual indicator that you're about i was just so stoked that you know something that i was continuing to do was seen as as worthy enough to get like dev time which is unusual for someone from community like me to actually get now they freed up all this time for you to do other things <laughs> well i mean i i now i run the cc program so there's uh, you know <laughs> from one hand to the other uh, right? the one cc program's it. pretty mild i'm sure i mean it's it is what it, it is it's it's a lot of it's a lot of paying attention that's yes. what i would say um, it's not necessarily a huge amount of work, but part of being the CC, uh, part of being a cool, th sorry, sorry, part of the cool thing about being a CC is that you do get to interact with, with staff members, you get to learn stuff that, you know, most people don't really get to learn. Yes. Um, you get access to stuff and, and that sort of means that someone is there to speak with you if you want to, and that's generally me, so. That is pretty um, cool. Yeah, but uh, I guess, I guess the... Maybe happiest moment. I mean, the first time I was flown to Prague to do King of the Sea from Europe, that was that was like one of the happiest moments because uh, I I don't know about you guys, but like when the when the pandemic hit, I had been playing Warships for like a year or something, maybe a year and a half, mm -hmm. and I had just joined a competitive clan, TNG, and I had just started playing like competitive, and I was really enjoying it. And the pandemic hit, so I started streaming hoping maybe I could make a little money. And my, my girlfriend um, at the time, who's now my fiance, awesome. Um, she said like, well, what's your, this is great, but what, what do you, what's the best thing that could come out of this? I said, well, either I somehow blow up and I become a Mr. Beast figure or a, you know, or a, or a PewDiePie sort of personality. And I, I just get, you know, I just fall backwards into money somehow. <laughs> or I get to become... I don't know how the hell those guys make money. For <laughs> anyone that does stre streaming or YouTubing, it is constant work. It, it's not as... Yeah. It's it's hours and hours of time. And even off stream, it's not like you just turn it on. You're and you always, have to be creative. I, like yes. You have to be so creative as well. I and think, not make too many mistakes. I think to be big, definitely. Uh, it, it's a lot of work to put in. It's a lot of man hours, and a lot of people do just assume that it's just plug in mic, right? Plug in camera, laugh at thing, go. No, and you, you've to, always got to be fresh, and you've always got to have new things yeah. to keep people engaged. And you have to sort of have a narrative, like you, your body of work, your corpus of work, sort of needs to drive people in a direction that you need to be conscious of, in my opinion. Otherwise, 
you will trip over something, you will hit a landmine, you will blow yourself up. Uh, pe- people know I really hate submarines. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'll leave that one there. I'll leave that According to Late Light, my friend from TNG Late Light, submarines are just are specifically my fault. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying that man a beer. Yeah. It's the same thing for me, and uh, whenever I stream, I'll play War Thunder, then a helicopter will shoot me from 10 billion miles away, and I will get no warning, and then I, I will scream and end the stream. I stopped playing War Thunder before helicopters showed up. Good, um, good. I, I really enjoyed the air, air combat part of it. Like, that's what I started with, and I just, I absolutely loved it. It was the it was the inverse for me. I, I played ground first because I'm, I'm a massive uh, military history fan and I, I specialize in armored warfare and, and naval history yeah so planes were just a part of my studies it wasn't anything like planes were what destroyed late. you and they flew away without any repercussions exactly so i you know they, they had a fan at the front something called lift happens and they go like i, I don't really care but the the nuances of of propeller uh fighter combat is is very interesting and that opened up yet another rabbit hole for me to fall in and look at technical sheets until four in the morning. I know, man. When I when uh, when I started to understand the the intricacies of what they call energy fighting in um, uh, in airplane combat, specifically propeller driven airplane combat, I was just blown away by like, oh, once you understand the concept of energy fighting, you know, which is basically how, your your power to weight ratio plus. Um, you know your ability to, your ability to sort of, I want to say like govern your stall speed and and whatnot. It's like dancing, and you start to realize, holy crap, this is just yeah, this is incredible. When you watch it in the movie, oh, the guy oh, just, oh. I'm going in, and just mashes the throttle and goes. Yeah. And but when one moment, I need to yell at my room. <laughs> <laughs> While he does that, I, I, I'll, I'll we'll come back to that. But we've got another sure. question for you, uh, Bugsy. Is your wildest a bar story? Um. Well, gosh, let's see. Uh, anytime. I don't know if I have a specific one. Um, that's too wild. But I will just tell you, like, if you ever have to cut somebody off, it's it's a risk. Um, and you mean a pen customer? Yeah, I, like I'm you have to cut them off. Have been yelled at. That's okay. We've it, moved on to the wild bar story. <laughs> oh, God oh, bless. Oh, 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 oh! I, I just wanted to end that last thing by saying that um, the best possible option that I could have come out of streaming was either you know somehow fall ass backwards into money like a Mr. Beast kind of guy, or get to do east like become a professional esports guy. Yeah, I thought that that'd be great because then I could sort of do acting at the same time as as. Uh, um, video games and I, I was literally being flown across the world to Europe to do esports commentary uh, a little over a year after starting streaming and I just went holy shit I, I did it like I did that thing that I said was the best thing that could happen from this um, so that, anyway that was that But um, I have envy I do have envy yeah um, oh, 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 oh I know what it was um uh, during the pandemic, my bar reopened a little bit, and um, you know everyone had to wear masks and face shields and everything. And uh, <laughs> we had a really well, you know, people weren't quite sure how yeah. how to take it yet because it was pretty pretty fresh. But there was this one woman. Uh, people, the people who came in, the customers had to wear uh, 
face masks when they weren't sitting at their table. So this group of like six or seven people comes in, and they have dinner, and as they're leaving, uh, they all are leaving out the front door right past me, and they're all wearing their masks except for this one woman who's in front. She's just this great big huge woman. She's got lots of makeup on, these big, big red lipstick lips, and she's just, she's pretty sauce already. She's not wearing her mask, so we had to basically tell people, excuse me, you know, would you please put your mask back on while you're not at your table? So I said, excuse me, miss, would you please put your mask back on while you're not at the table? She looks at me, she goes, rules are for losers, okay? <laughs> and I burst out laughing, because... I, she was just such a comical sight to look at, you know. Um, and I just said, I looked at her friends who were all standing there, you know, with masks. And I looked back at her and I said, Miss, if I were your friends, I would be so embarrassed for you right now. Have a good night. And they all left. And I just thought, like, well, whatever. Like, I'm not going to get angry at a woman. She doesn't want to wear a mask. I can't, like, I can't, like, punch her in the face and put a mask on her. But, like, it's just... Like to come to a place where we're all having to serve you and no one really knows how bad COVID's nah, gonna be yet. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was and like that's your reason. That's your reason because rules are for losers. I would I like. I wanted to mom shame that bitch so bad. Like, <laughs> I'm sure. Wanted, I'm sure paying taxes are for losers too, but people have got to do it. I would have looked at it and been like, I guess you're hanging out with a bunch of losers. Then put the mask on, join the crowd. <laughs> But I, I've also my mouth has gotten me into into a lot of trouble in bars. So rules are for losers. I got to remember yeah, that. Well, I got to I got to remember that one when we play King of the Sea next and someone breaks a rule. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's that's nice. I, I I knew you were a bartender, and with the amount of bars I've gone to, I uh, wanted to kind of dig into that a little bit. I didn't know what type. You know, I didn't know if it was. Uh, little bit of a nice bar i didn't know what type of bar it was so i figured i'd just ask yeah it was a nice bar but like let me just say to anybody who is listening who goes to bars like if if the unfortunate circumstance occurs where you get cut off the worst thing you can do is get angry because then you've completely validated the reason why you've been cut off you will get thrown out and you might get punched in the face um that oh that was insane some of the Actually, bars some of the bars have been to are so busy that, that the bartenders can't cut you off because they're struggling to serve the 300 people at the bar. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, I, I do have a wilder story that that was just hilarious. But like, I, I there was a, a bar in downtown LA that I used to go to after I got off at my place, um, and it was just a smaller, you know, smaller place. And uh, one night, like, I was I was sitting there with some friends having a drink, and then I watched these two guys at the bar get up. Then one turns back around and he wings a bottle, an empty bottle at the bartender. And yeah. I went, I was like, did I just see that? Like, did that actually just happen? So the bartender is this kind of skinny guy with glasses and it knocked the glasses off of his face. And he, quick as a whip, he whipped around the edge of the bar and he just haymakers the guy. He just <laughs> completely pies the guy right in the face. And then so, you know, my friends and I, who are bartenders at the place around the corner, we like this bartender. We jumped up and we grabbed that guy and we started dragging him out the front door. Like, we just started dragging him out the front door. And the whole time that we're dragging him out the front door, this bartender is just smashing this guy in the face over and over again with his fists. <laughs> and I just like, you know, they stood out front and they yelled at us and they said they were going to call the cops. And I was like, yeah, like, by all means. 
do so. You assaulted somebody. Yeah. There's an entire bar full of people here who will attest that you just cracked this poor kid in the face with a, a bottle, you know? And we just, it was just the strangest thing. Like, who does that? I, that's, I, I, they, with the bars I've gone to in South Boston, I've seen a lot of that. The worst hit, not including my cinder block hit, has to be um, I, I saw somebody, a, a gentleman, quote unquote, James Bonded his way to uh, behind the bar counter. I, I shouldn't have to say this, but he was he was properly sauced, and he grabbed a a bottle of cheap Jack Daniels and he tomahawked it at the bartender at the oh. other end of the bar. Wow. And it just hit him in the chest, and the guy crumpled. Oh, that's terrible. And that's then somebody good. leaned over the counter and punched him in the side of the head, and then he went out. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't do that, people. Yeah, right. that's... Yeah, I, I, always, I always had a, a lot of respect for bartenders because, again, you're, you're in that situation where you have to be nice regardless of the people. And the people... There's a chance that, you know, the more you serve a person, the less hospitable they become throughout the evening you know yeah uh alcohol is the only I, I think i heard somebody like it's the only legal drug that actually increases aggression oh yeah yeah which is kind of interesting i think been doing it for a long time but we shall move on with the agenda we have a new uh, clan battle season clan battle season 20 I and mean, there was a dev blog that dropped on the 25th of january i watched the, the um na stream when you guys went through it um Bugsy and gaishu and yeah. your team and then the dev blog dropped so uh, i actually think there's some um, good news i i was i must admit when this first dropped i was cynical another tier 10 7v7 two bbs but at, at the moment, I'm, I'm liking what um, happens. So Louisiana will not be included. It's a banned ship because not everyone will be able to obtain her. It's a, a pay-to-win um, pay boat. So could be. We don't know. Um, ah, I mean, bad. like, Gaishu and I, for example, we talked a whole lot about, like, would we... He and I both obviously called, um, called teams and clan battles and strategized and whatnot. And we were like, I, we, we aren't honestly sure if Louisiana would be worth using or not um, in, in competitive clan battles. It's it, it part may, of us really it, it wanted may, to, it like, may and may not. See. Like, it, I, I agree. It, it could be could be broken, um, but the dive bombers regenerating and having a CV, it depends how you used it, because um, um, it, it would have been interesting to see, and we'll get to see it in a future iteration of clan battles, I'm sure. It could very well be. Um, it's It's not... I mean, what I can say is that it's not clear to us that Louisiana will be banned forever. Um, it's It was just a combination of, you know, yes, it is in early access. It is only available um, in early access if you actually uh, pay money for it. You know, even though it will show up for everyone, everyone can get it for free. About halfway through the clan battle season, we just still decided, you know... It, it it's also just too much of a of a wild card because we yeah. just don't know how a hybrid will function in a tier uh, tier ten season. I mean, like if we look back on the other hybrids, like in the tier six clan battle season, the Issei was actually a, a pretty solid choice. Not everybody used it. No, but, but it was pretty solid. Gave you spotting, and the torps would hurt DDs or like cruisers because there there weren't yeah. many heals available. But you know what's funny about that? Because I I played that season and I actually ended up playing the Issei quite a bit. It wasn't even the planes that were the most useful thing about it. It was the AA. Yeah, the AA was I good. I mean, 
because that was a two CV season, if you recall. <laughs> so Let, let's I believe the Issei has the best AA on a battleship at tier six. It had the it good really solid. I, I remember that one. We ran to yeah. Ark Royals and like a whole bunch of IFHE Farragut's with the T sixty one. Oh to god, melt. you were those guys. Yeah, we were those guys. And melted yeah, the IFHE Farragut. Who who saw that coming? By the way. Who does? Who does? And suddenly you get these builds a couple of weeks in, and the Ark Royal was just so OP. And then other teams countered it by having a Wessa because the Ark Royal couldn't pen its deck um, hmm. with its That's with its bombs. And but it was it was an interesting season. Even though most people hated it, it was an interesting yeah. season. It was certainly frustrating. The uh, I was glad that Wargaming at the time made the decision to. Uh, halfway through the season, I think they they limited because I wasn't with the company then. I don't think um, they they managed to ban or like you could only bring like up to two smokes in like two cruiser smokes total. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so it was like you could bring like two of two combined Huang Hei Perth and, and like. London, I think, because London has a smoke. London maybe? has a smoke. I think um, Graf Space were banned or limited to one, so you wouldn't see the five Graf Space. Yeah, the, the, the great irony of that was that that was really the only thing that could... Like, the Graf Bay is, like, one of the only cruisers with a heel at Tier 6, so, like, it was one of the only things that could actually stand up against repeated airstrikes, like, <laughs> repeated planes, because it had that heel and it had quite a bit of HP, and it was just gone because of the... Uh, Graf Spam from the previous season. I must say, that season, I know you're in TNG, I've got a screenshot available where we played you guys in clan battles and I got six kills against TNG. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> it, shocked and appalled. It, it just, sometimes those things just happen. I, it's crazy, man. But um, yeah, so with, with regards to this season, um, I'm really pleased to say that a few of us in the company who are on the community side, like myself and like Seraphice and uh, Askans and, and Gaishu, the, the company folks know that we are experienced competitive players. Um, you know, I, I know that Seraphis, for example, played with Rain, I think on EU, um, competitively when he was, yep. uh, before he joined. And Gaishu, obviously, it's Gaishu. Everybody knows who Gaishu is. And I, you know, I co-ran TNG and called one of the main groups. So, like, you know, and Oscons, Oscons played uh, clan battles with KSC, with TNG. TNG, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, we're all guys who've been there. We all know it. And I think they, the folks who I work with decided, hey, maybe we should start asking these guys, like, you know, what do you think? Because uh, we, we talk, we talked to all of you guys. Like, that's how a yeah. lot of feedback works is we hear from you and we talk to you and... Um, look, it, it, it's tough because at the higher end Typhoon Hurricane, you might see the same teams with the same comps over and over, and people get bored by that. But then down in Storm and the lower leagues, that's not that's not the case. And if they they have a lot right. more games at the lower leagues, it's a very hard thing to balance. And and that's the thing, like what you just said there is extremely important because it's easy to be a, a ty high Typhoon Hurricane level player or level clan and just see. Well, clearly, this is the answer, or clearly, this is the thing. And the problem is, is you can't, we, we can't just factor in the top, the very top. Um, it, it, just, it just can't work that way. So one really good example of like how things have to be sort of balanced across the whole, 
across the whole uh, spectrum of, of skill is that like if you guys remember the tier nine clan battle season yep i remember that uh, yes the first the first round of bands came in and it was musashi and georgia because obviously they overmatch everything but see i love but, the musashi but the georgia i didn't get because the georgia melted easily usually most players pushed it in to die the, the, was sad. both of them ironically were no match for essentially a, a mogador spam yeah. if you, you could just spam seven mogadors and that was you didn't even need a battleship um, so, uh, the funny thing was, was that one of the other bands that came in was the Alaska. The Alaska was also restricted. Uh, yes, I remember that. One. And I didn't understand that because we ran Kitakazes or Mogadors and the Alaska's just died. Sure. Yeah. That's the thing is like the Alaska only overperformed in the lower tiers because it's very difficult to effectively do a DD comp, but the DD comps absolutely obliterated the Alaska's. So you wouldn't see any Alaskas at the top tier. And I remember a lot of people snickering and being like, well, why are they banning that? It's because down below where people weren't really good enough to play full DD comps, the Alaska was really, really dominant. Um, so it's, it's an interesting sort of thing that we, we, we have to look at the full, the full width of things. And that does affect how, how we're able to make decisions. So That's something that I always try to bring up whenever um, people are discussing balance changes like that in regards to clan battles with ship restrictions and stuff is that they are not, they can't balance around, you know, the, the hurricane teams or the typhoon teams because the vast majority of the games are played are, are played down in storm and storm and, yeah, well, and, and we can, we can't, only balance around that. yeah that's that's what i'm getting at that's because the it, the more precise way to say it just because yeah. it's like yes we absolutely do look at what's happening at the top end oh, of course we do because that's the guys at the top end the guys and gals at the top end are the ones who are showing us uh what works and what doesn't oh, work. i couldn't believe that five sherbergs worked recently oh wasn't that amazing <laughs> everybody was hating on the sherberg and i was i was sort of sitting there going like i actually like there's a non-zero chance that this could be really good. And then tier 8 clan battle season comes along. It's like, oh, we, we'd this be is a 30 players millimeter like, deck. You're, you've got the target, you've got heals, and you outspot them. How are you yeah. dead? Oh, they ran me dead. You have an MBRB, you have heals, you have a super speed boost, and you have a 30 millimeter deck. Like, yeah. you have all the things that you want. And you've got a, sh a shit ton of HP. So, it, yeah, you just derp forward and it works. Um, I, I don't know about you guys. I actually really liked that tier 8 season. Look, I, I didn't mind it. I, I just, I, I was frustrated in that my frustration stems from early on, like after a week or two, we banned the Lennon and a few other right. very strong boats. But then it took literally to the last week to ban the Limit the Sherbergs, even though that was there from week one or two. And like we had to go through six or seven weeks of facing the same teams over and over and over. Right. And it became very frustrating. Um, because, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because sometimes um, we get bans or edits very early on, and then it just sits there till the end, even though there's a new meta that forms, but nothing's addressed right. to it. If, but that's, that's my interpretation. So the good news is that I think nowadays we have the capacity to make changes a little more responsively. Yeah, I've, Again, I've, like I've I was seen... saying, there are some of us in the in the company who actively still play clan battles, uh, even at you know the top end. Yes, I ran into and, you the other um, week. Well, I I don't want to I want to manage expectations and make sure that like you folks know that like I am not in charge of formatting clan battles. No, and I am you, not no. in charge of like no, I don't yeah. tell anybody what to do. But um, I I and a few others at least I I can say that we 
we have a more direct communication line with the folks who are responsible for it. Um, and and we've the meta can be different often, from every so. server. What, what's meta on EU or NAs can be very different to Asia. I mean, the EU server, the only difference that I can think of is that EU is allergic to destroyers. <laughs> they absolutely, like, it's the funniest thing um, because in, in a lot of circumstances, destroyer spam can be broken. Like, mm. the French CDs in particular, uh, whether it's Mogador, La Terrible, or Fantasque, or clever marcel like they're so strong because of their speed because of their dpm and because of their damage saturation mechanic they're so strong and eu like you know eu has some of the absolute best players in the world and even they are like no i don't want to do that i don't i don't want to play that like i must it's really say good though it yeah, was, we still we just don't want to do it we'd rather just ban it it but, was oh. it was nice okay. to see Yu yang play by some clans again last season because of the top reload yeah wasn't that a great change? It was, it was. But for this season, um, there are no aircraft carriers and submarines. I know CV mains are probably going, when, when will they get employed again? But they, they've currently got their little handout buying their battle pass to get their steel that way. But <laughs> still no CVs or submarines. No more than two battleships per team. But this this next part from the dev blog really yeah, this made it interesting. interesting. After three weeks of the season, the limit will change to no more than one battleship per team. Yep. That, that, that is pretty big because that's going to change better in tactics, uh, hands down. Um, Certainly. No more than three mercs per division, which is nothing different. And then there are restrictions. So same as last season, you can only have one Petro and or Napoli, so you can't have one of both. No more than one Marseille per team, a limited number of Marseille and Clever. Um, that one team can have no more than three of those ships in total. Um, that used to include the... Smellant or something else, but um, Smellant's been restricted. The restricted ships, uh, this is huge. Ohio, Vermont, Kremlin, Preussen, St. Vincent, Thunderer, Republic, Louisiana, and Smellant, <laughs> the only uh, non-BB. That, that's a lot of big caliber guns that have been removed from yeah. the BBs. It's almost all of them. It's almost all the... Uh... Uh, it's almost all of the guns that overmatch 30 millimeters of armor. It is, yes. Uh, we, so see, you'll notice a few a few that are left off that list in the form of Incomparable, mm -hmm. Shikishima, and Yamato. Those are still there. But they're, 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 they can take damage pretty easily. But I, I still think we're going to see Montana's, Conqueror's, and hopefully we'll see Incomps and Shikishima's. Like, it's yeah. a good change. I mean, there's a, legit, there's a legitimate reason to bring something like... Um, like a, a Yamato, I would say. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't honestly know if we're gonna see it. I think the fact that there are two available, two battleship slots available for the first week. I think in the first three weeks we might see some Yamatos uh, played by top end clans. I think we might also see the odd incomparable here or there, just to you know exploit well, some of that. Um, they've got a good heal. Exploit that, that concealment that could heal. Yeah. The Smellon was though. interesting because I, I know I picked it up when it was available for free XP, but so many people have only been able to obtain it via Santa Crates. Right. So that, that is a strong boat because as you go up through the tiers, it would be uh, if you want to play, you need a Smellon type thing. That, that could be I mean, it just it's it's everything you want out of a clan battle destroyer. You know, it's just yes. it's incredible. So radar, torps, guns, heals, good detect. We're really excited to see what kind of destroyers people bring. Um, as a you know, w without being able to bring Smond, if you if you follow King of the Sea at all, um, you will see you'll see gearings, you'll see. Uh, oh God, I, 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 I have I have a hate things like of the gearing. <laughs> I, I, I would say so many other DDs would do it better than a gearing. 
I I think that in the I think that in a two battleship format with seven v seven, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of like gearing, smoking up Nevskis or what have you. Uh, I think that people will go for. Uh, I think I I don't think that it's going to be a, a smoke heavy meta. I think it'll be more gunboat meta. Personally. Not early on, but that that could change. Um, now we we were being returned to rental ships. So if you're a player that doesn't have enough tier tens, uh, Wargaming are providing you um, rental ships. How this worked in the past is he played when clan battles are on. He played a tier eight ship or higher in random or co-op, and then he got access to the rental ships. This season they are Conqueror Hindenburg and gearing i've got a question i'm not sure if bogsy can answer this but previously he could not mount camos on this so this didn't have the minus three and four percent bonuses that the camouflages used to have now that those figures are built into the ships are there any negatives for taking out a rental boat um i I don't know that i can answer are there any negatives because there there could be some that i just am not aware of but that negative is no longer there the the extra concealment that used to come from a camo is now baked into all ships, including the rental ships. So, uh, yeah, there, there, there's no longer that, uh, that liability is no longer there. I, I like the ships as well. Like, look, it, it, they used to be a Montana, um, Zao sometimes and a gear. Zao, right. <laughs> and like, at least the Hindenburg, it's not, it's not everyone's first pick, but it's going to have, oh, look, I, I, I shouldn't mock the Zao. The Zao season two of clan battles where there were two or three Zao's with a smoking Shimikaze was absolutely impressive if you had to push into that. Um, yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is with the, with the 18 inch guns band, I know. you could legitimately start to see some, some destroy, uh, destroyers, uh, some cruisers come back that, Maybe you don't see a whole lot. Um, can, can we, I, I don't can we know see the rise of the Yodo? The Yodo? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's that's the dream, really, is uh, <laughs> my my Yodo spam. Uh, putting Kitakami to shame, basically. But, uh, I mean, there's a, real, there's a real chance that we'll start to see some of those cruisers that are basically 30-millimeter deck cruisers yeah. uh, that don't generally get chosen because they get blacked by Ohio. Or Petro, uh, sorry, not Petro, uh, Kremlin, Ohio, and Kremlin, Kremlin Ohio, uh, Vermont, Preussen, anything yep. with those big St. Finn, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, look, I, I think the rentals are fine. It's going to give people opportunity. Sometimes some clans, um, I'm not going to say we've done this in the past, players may pick rental ships early on just as a lull to see, and they'll, they'll still get the wins. But um, I'm glad to see that they're back. And I must say, the the biggest improvement for me is the maps. New maps and some different locations. Yes. We've got new maps of Atlantic. Even that's the same map as Rank, but still, it's Atlantic. We've got Islands of Ice back again. Sleeping Giant. I'm not a fan of the the, um, Death Dome, but that's just me. Tears of the player base. Shatter. Estuary. Crash Zone Alpha. I still think that's the worst map ever. And Pharaoh (laughs) Islands. Crash Zone Alpha. In King of the Sea, have you ever seen anyone really play anything but win the southwest corner or the northeast corner? Like, everyone puts all their eggs in those baskets, and when they secure those flanks, they basically roll up the other way. It is... I find it the most frustrating map to play. I love watching all the ballsy teams try to push a Minotaur in mid. Sometimes I it works. I find that delightful. Tears of the I actually, I actually enjoy playing on CZA. Because I think you can get some good fights at those extremities. You can get good and fights, but that, that's what I mean. The, to win the map, it's the extremities that really sometimes dictate. Yeah. Well, this time around, we we obviously pulled, I think, what, three three maps that 
are unusual or unfamiliar for clan battles. Well, Estuary, Faroe Islands, and Atlantic. I'm yep. so glad there's no Greece. Uh, Greece is a rough one, isn't it, man? Yeah. 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 It's, that it's rough for clan season. battles. Yeah. Um, I remember my first clan battle map on Greece, or my first clan battle experience on Greece was actually, it was during a tier 10 season when they were carriers. I was playing <laughs> the Howland. And I'm just trying to cap my safe cap, and I'm, we're against Gaishu's team, and Gaishu's playing FDR, and he just parks. He just parks his planes on top of my Howland while it's in the cap, and I just keep getting reset because the two safe caps are so close to each other. Yeah. And I can't shoot his planes down fast enough because he's not in flak range, he's too close, and it's an FDR. And I, I just got obliterated, and I went, God damn it, I hate this map. Or, you, or the big Dorito Island, you, you put a Des Moines or something on that island, and just point it into Alpha and spot and kill, or you send your... <laughs> DDs around the island. If the other team tried that, you just talk rush them and you kill, get two easy kills early on. It was a frustrating map to play at times. Yeah, it's, it's rough for competitive, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to Faroe Islands. It, it's a new map. I, I do enjoy the randoms. I don't get enough in rotation, I find. Um, I don't know what the drop rate is for that. Like, it, It's one of those maps in a whole week, I might only play two to three games, but I'll always get Haven... Um, north, mm -hmm. north is endless, so I don't, I don't know if it's got a lower rotation, but I'd love to play that more. It's going to be real interesting to see how it works, um, partly just because it's, it is very small in a lot of ways. Um, even though it's a diagonal map, the... All the caps are pretty close. I've got some big islands between them. Yeah, and uh, the, the corners of the map are actually blocked off by those big cliff faces, so yep. it, it, it shrinks the map to quite a, a large degree, and... I really do suspect that it will be a lot of island hopping. It will be a lot of forcing very specific positions uh, and a lot of very, very close quarters fights, which not everybody likes. No, um, so, but same with Atlantic. You've got the two home caps and you've got the contested cap. You can imagine if you've got DD comp, you can quickly rush into that Charlie and rotate back or you can farm whatever tries to contest it. It's going to be interesting Atlantic as well. Absolutely, but um, I'm I'm interested in seeing like how people feel about the different maps. Sometimes, um, you know, sometimes people will think, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna hate that," but you know, they end up liking it. So, um, will we ever see Ocean again as a map rotation for clan battles? God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> With CVs, T10 CVs. Oh, yeah, God. that would be uh, that would be something, wouldn't it? It'd be it'd be a smoke comp. Where do you go? I'm going here. Oh, okay. There's no islands to hide behind. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased with the changes that we have for this season, mainly I because there's some things that are happening that just haven't happened before. And I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what that looks like, how that actually ends up um, working. But I will say that, like, trying to come up with new clan battle formats is actually very difficult. Uh, partly because, and I'm going to use a Hollywood term here because I used to hear this all the time. Uh, which is people will say what what you know what kind of movies do you want? They say oh well we want the same thing but different. The yeah. same as this thing but different. Is it? Um, it's this. Sorry, guys. No, it's it's that's that's pretty much all I was going to say. It's just uh, I, things I, need to change a certain amount, but they can't change too fundamentally. Otherwise, people don't like it. Now this is slightly digressing. I, there were I, I'm a big fan of some of the old maps we had for Island Device or Estuary. Is there mm -hmm. any way of getting them back? I know there's been a lot of work in the underwater world, but even just for clan battles, um, just just all randoms without subs that can drop if there are no subs in queue. 
I it'd be I great to rename know. them. Like, just call it um, Islands of the Barren Sea, or just something like some of these maps were a lot of fun. The the second iteration, the first iteration of Island of Ice, I still love. It was huge. But the True. second iteration, if you recall it, we had the two. I, I think that was before me, to be honest with you. Uh, fair enough. If you've seen pictures, it it was a lot of fun to play those maps, and I know the maps are sitting there. And sometimes, as players, we just want more map rotation, more variety, and knowing that they sure. sit there in the background it's like i'd love to see them brought back into the game i would also like to see more maps i think that having new maps enter the game is uh is it if every time a new map shows up like to me it feels like that same feeling of like christmas morning yeah you know when yeah, you're like oh oh i gotta go play this like you get your toys and you're like i gotta go play with these now like i gotta play with these new toys in every possible uh, way that I like to play with them, you know, like and some maps, some maps are hit and miss. We we talked about Greece, but if you're in mid tiers, you might get like Twin Brothers a lot, or you might get um, New Dawn, and s sometimes just being able to have the variety at all tiers is phenomenal. So I I'm always on board for new maps. Yeah, I actually I really like getting Estuary in um, in randoms. So do I. I. I love that map. I do love people. That map. People like to make a lot of mistakes on Estuary. Uh, <laughs> that makes it uh, makes it easy to sort of exploit some of their mistakes on Estuary. Uh, or they, pu they push too early, too hard, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so. is there is there anything, uh, Greeny? I know I know you sort of strategize for Bongsi. Is there anything you'd like to try in one of these maps out of the, that you can share with us? Uh, I mean, come on, you know this. I don't I don't do a lot on the on the clan battles planning front. I that that's kind of why I've been a little quiet here. Yep. But um, I I think that overall I think that you hit the nail on the head there, Bogsy. Though with how interesting this season going to be, just down to how dynamic it's going to be with the um, changes and the bans and everything. Yep. I think removing the overmatch is going to be fun. Well, okay, removing the overmatch to an extent is going to be fun. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I that 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 was amazing. But I like even removing two BBs after three weeks and having those rules and changing it every second week to different things could have made the whole clan battle meta very different, like one week and then after four weeks, it's like two BBs again, but limiting it to no more than two DDs. That, that could have been... Having these rules every second or third week would just keep the whole meta shifting time and time again. I mean, and that is something we can absolutely... You know, this this season is somewhat of a test in that regard of, you know, hey, how how does the... How does the uh, player base react to more frequent changes, sometimes even arbitrary? Like, like, look, we can't restrict too many things because yeah. the more things we restrict, the less people can participate. That's Correct. just how it works. Yeah, um, with that's, I, I really think that with dynamic balancing is what I'm going to call it for clan battles. I, I think that it's going to be awesome because the the amount of times where like I had to go through even in Z and be like, all right, guys. It's week four of running the cheeseburger strat. Get in the sh get in the boat. You know, it's it, it, yeah. it's 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 can be draining. It can be degrading to just run the same comp over and over and over and over and over and over. Degrading. Well, yeah, well, I think it is. I had I had a battleship player who stopped playing Prussian because we ran a lot of Prussian during a during a season, and he was just like, "I'm done. I'm not touching you. this game anymore." I love the Prussian. I think the Prussian is I agree. fantastic. He did too, and then he played it for like six weeks straight in clan battles, and then he 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 got so upset he went and applied to a maritime academy so he could get away from us. You know, it's just how it's just how it goes sometimes. But I, I think that with dynamic changes throughout a season, I th I think it's a fantastic step 
to to die because it, it's going to get the creative juices flowing more frequently. Oh, it's definitely. going to. It, it, I I cannot sing praises of it enough. Granted, yeah. I'm not doing the planning, so every few weeks I just get to go to my strat team and be like, "Hey guys." New rules, have fun. <laughs> and then they all start screaming at each other. Well, and that is that is pretty difficult because like the folks at the top end of the meta, they can they're generally more skilled. That's why they're at the top end of the meta. So they can they have the ability to rethink and re-strategize and adapt to changes. Whereas some people will go, dude, I just started to figure out how to how to play this meta. Now you're changing it? Like yeah. god damn it. Yeah. But, but sometimes some groups don't like to play the meta. They want to break the meta and they want to design comps along that because that's where their yeah. fun comes in. I must say in previous weeks we've always said, I don't know, um, Boxy if you, you were a part of the Warship Masters invitational that guy she used to run. But I was a big fan of the way that boats were um, rated so you could yeah, max yeah. different things, and I would have loved to see that in a clan battle. But I know that would be a maintenance nightmare in the. In the that would require side. a whole a whole bunch of development. Oh, I, I know. I in, know. I put a system say. into the yeah in, in there. Correct, correct. I, I, know, I, I know it can be done, did. but it'd be huge, and it'd restrict more ships than anything as well for groups going. Well, I would just want to it take would, out but this. I do think it would be pretty cool. Like it would be a cool thing to integrate. Is these ships have values weighted values you know and the weights can change if everyone takes um for example four des moines and suddenly it's gone up two weeks it goes up like 100 <laughs> points and that way it changes sure. the meta i think you'd have to change somebody to their desk though to to maintain that that or to maintain that change yeah yeah well which hey man as long as i'm not on the desk i don't care yeah well there is that. I'm, I am looking forward to that, and that is kicking off in about three weeks from now. Clan battles. Or is it earlier? I don't remember exactly when it kicks off. I thought you said twentieth um, of Feb. I didn't. Let me check the dev. I'd have to check the dev. It, it sounds again. like I that. I think anything. it's the twentieth of February. Twentieth yeah. of February. Yeah. Yeah, till April tenth. So that that's a good long format. So it should be a good season. I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, now we're moving on to a segment that we started a few weeks ago, um, Tips and Tricks. Um, we're looking this week at Light Cruisers. So Light Cruisers in the game, we've got the Royal Navy, US Navy, uh, we've got the Imperial Japanese Navy Light Cruiser name, and the, the Soviet line, I don't believe there's any I've missed. Um, obviously, being Light Cruisers, they have a little bit more lighter armor, lighter guns, usually around the 150 um, caliber range. So, are there any tips and tricks, gentlemen, that you would recommend for these? How would you... They would they potentially would differ from mid to high tier. Is there anything that you've learned from your experience over the years that you would recommend to a new player, an average player, that they should consider doing for any light cruisers? Oh, yeah. Uh, sometimes best side is broadside. Smolensk. <laughs> uh-huh. like, like, not even joking. If you If you are in a light cruiser... Especially one that's real skinny, like uh, like the Atlanta or the Austin or you know something like that. Mm. Sometimes it's better to just if you're up against a battleship and you're like, shoot, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get obliterated here. Just turn broadside. Some, they can legitimately over overpen your citadel. Um, yep, and it'll go through the other side, and they'll be like, yeah. I've got five overpens. War gaming. What have you done with this RNG? Generally exactly. speaking, the bigger the caliber of the gun, the more likely it is to overpen your citadel. So like. Hey man, if you're if you're in an Atlanta and that Lenin shows up right in front of your face, you just go, okay, I'm just gonna turn full broadside, accept my fate, and I'm just gonna, you know, 
dump my torps, just keep shooting, what have you. But as as a Shikishima enjoyer, there is nothing more satisfying than having a Des Moines or Minnow nose in, and then you dev strike them through the nose. Yeah, that's the that's what I was going to bring up. A lot of people go down to the to the adage of uh, you know, oh, if I point my bow towards a target, I can minimize the amount of ship I'm showing and really, you know, cut down in the amount of hits I take. When if, if you're bowing on as an Atlanta to a battleship, all you're doing is guaranteeing that any hits he gets, in, into your hull, I should say, are going to be penetrations. And yeah, so yeah, I, you can show some broadside. I call it showing a bit of ankle. Um, showing a bit of leg. Yeah, because you, you're being a little risque. You're showing something you're not usually supposed to. And yeah, I, mean, uh, <clears throat> I, I think that's that's probably the best tip I can give anybody for light cruisers. Just like know when to just stay broadside. Um, I but my my main tip is as you get up, depending on the line, I I do this predominantly with the um, U.S. Navy. Um, I haven't did it with the a bit of the Soviets. Haven't done so much the Imperial Japanese Royal Navy. I don't do this with, but. I won't take concealment as a module, especially when you get to Cleveland well, and Seattle. I will take steering gear one and steering gear two. Um, do reload because unless you're going to sit behind an island, what's your stealth going to get you? Um, you're not going to push in early to use your radar at 9K because you're going to get obliterated generally. So I generally like to, if I can get behind an island, great. If I can't, I will open water. And with both steering gears, you will actually turn more like a DD than cruiser so if things trying to pick you off at 16 17 k's you're, you're going to just he spam to the ground so wow um I, it's you can still use your radar late game but how many times have we seen the u.s light cruiser push in trying to support and they get absolutely obliterated early on <laughs> yeah that's i was gonna say managing your aggression is is what i was gonna say and and learning to pick fights correctly yeah, cru- um, cruisers, cruisers are so easy to remove. You've got to pick and choose. You've got to read your minimap. It, it's a combination of that and delaying uh, opening up on somebody for a salvo or two to make sure that they're, they're spotlighting on somebody else can, can really just allow you to tear into somebody. Especially, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here that's probably going to get me a lot of flack, uh, just you know, judging by their reaction whenever people say they play CVs or, or you know, Whenever Griefer hears the word submarine, uh, I play a bunch of Smolensk. And the best thing, the best habit that I've gotten into is, is delaying opening up on something. Because what I do is, I, like I said, I let them focus on something. And then I'll, I have time to set my smoke. I have time to set my position. I have time to look at the minimap, you know, see what can hit me, see what can't hit me, see what can shoot me, stuff like that. And then I start farming because a lot of people feel compelled whenever they're playing light cruisers to immediately get their DPM into the fight. And okay, I'm a Worcester. That means at 17 kilometers or whatever Worcester max firing range is, I'm going, I'm shooting. And and you see a lot of people running around like that and you, you, that can work. But it's not going to work for everybody. And something that I found to be a lot more consistent is, like I said, just waiting, getting up close, and and being a lot more opportunistic with your engagements. Sure. Because the, the, the mini-map is always going to be your best friend in a light cruiser. Oh, looking different. around. 
I mean, I, I would also add uh, that, especially in the mid-tiers, it's, it's less necessary at high tiers, but especially mid-tiers like tier 6, tier 7 cruisers, really, really consider bringing IFHE mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a captain skill, because, you know, if you can push your, at like, at, tw- at tier 6 and 7, for example, almost all battleships are covered in 26 millimeters of armor, which means generally they will resist, they will resist most light cruiser guns. But if you bring IFHE, then suddenly you're now panning these battleships. You're going to get a lot more damage at those mid-tiers than you uh, will without it. Um, and especially also, you'll also pen a lot of those uh, heavy cruisers that like really can dominate tier 6 and 7. Um, like Pensacola is an absolute monster at tier 6 because it's completely covered in 25mm armor. So a lot of cruisers, uh, you know, they just... Light cruisers like Atlanta can't pen it. Yeah, which my, is kind of crazy. My mind just immediately went to uh, Indianapolis, just covered in, in in twenty five as well, where there's a lot of cruisers at the tier that are 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 armored against shell fragments or armored against those smaller calibers. He Indianapolis, it, it's it's all about the guns. It's I'll, I'll call that a heavy cruiser more than the light, but it is a tough boat to play. It is definitely a high skilled boat at those mid tiers. Oh yeah, I was I was just referring to the plating, like yep. uh, what Bogsy was saying. Sure, I wasn't yeah, yeah. saying it's a light cruiser. The Indianapolis yep. is not a light cruiser. No, and um, so um, for the Royal Navy, um, if you're using smoke, I would recommend um, as you drop your smoke, make sure you've got an exit strategy. Don't be caught nose in as your smoke's ending or you get radared. Try and move around in your smoke so when it ends, you're already sailing away from the enemy. Unless you've got BBs in front of you or something, uh, use your discretion. If you're using um radars on the Royal Navy at 8 or higher, again I would recommend no concealment and take um, steering gear because as things shoot at you as your nose in you just turn the other way and the shells like just shimmy on past your boat <laughs> just, watch, just watch Jake just watch Jake yes. play Minotaur and uh, just do that yeah that's a fever dream watching him play sometimes it, Minotaur oh, that, that is my my um, a favorite boat to absolutely play in the game, especially Radar Minotaur. I've, I've put a clip in here for Greeny and Bogsy. If you go to the 10 minute 41, um, when you've got time, ha- have a watch of that. That is my all time favorite Minotaur clip that I've recorded. I threw up on YouTube privately, um, but I put it in there just to watch every now and then. Oh, nice, nice. Um, so, <sighs> what are your favorite light cruisers or a light cruiser moment? Mine have to be the Russian light cruisers. Um, the it was it was the first line I ground because at the time it led to the Moskva, um, and the Moskva was in the in the Nevsky spot there. So it, it was the whole line was just enjoyable. The Bogatir was good. The Svetlana I I honestly think is is slept on. Um, the Molotov. Which replaced the Kudvoisky, Kotovsky, whatever that is, um, was awesome. The Bagnoni was and still is my favorite tier six. Um, those guns and the and the range are are awesome. I despise the shores. Uh, the the, the Chapaya, There's <laughs> the, always the, one. The shores is awesome. It's it's a good farmer. And that's and that's the problem because when I was playing it, I was playing it more like a heavy cruiser, not a light cruiser. So I I would just get girl boss into the ground at the beginning of games because I was still learning. Chappie was good. You have 
building on everything the Shores have. The Dimitri Donskoy, I did not hate a millisecond I spent in that boat. And that continues to this day. Oh, Donskoy is delightful. I it love is, the Donskoy. The, the rate of fire is great. The fire potential is great. The range is great. It had usable torpedoes. Yeah, AKs, if you get used yep. to Soviet um, torpedoes, a 4K, they're ambushment. She had some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful legs on her. She could move. Um, and I actually am of the opinion that the Donsko is not a bad-looking ship either. And it, it, it really, the whole line really taught me and and made me really understand and, and play well into the kind of longer range light cruiser kind of meta where, yeah, I'm going to sit at 16, 17 kilometers away from a curve first and I'm going to shoot you until you have four fires and you're calling me something mean in chat. Um, you know, you, you get that kind of just, just mindless kind of farming mentality yeah. and it, it really built that up for me. Sure. Yeah. What is your favorite then light cruiser boxy or light cruiser um, moment? I, I really like, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, I actually really like the Pan-Asian light cruisers. I don't think that one is, that line is listed well, on here. But uh, I, I, I love it too. Oh, wait, I, no, just, I got Jinan recently. So Jinan's good, but the, the, the tier 8 Harbin is painful. Harbin's, Harbin's good, the 7's good, 8's good, 9's good. Not when you're bottom tier. Coping. So the Harbin, the Harbin has really good ballistics because uh, it has the Russian 130s. So the ballistics are the best of that line on the Harbin. But the Jinan and the um, Sejong are actually not too far behind it. The uh, They have improved ballistics as well. Like, they don't have gearing ballistics. They have American 127s, sure, but they're not... They're not gearing 127. The, 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 guns, the guns are fantastic. I've got to ask, if you're a Jinan player, how many times have you eaten a torpedo in smoke, even if you're angled or you've been... Oh, I've, I've done it before. We've yeah, all done it. It's just too easy to sit in your... When you fire that fast, it's easy to tunnel vision, you know? Yes. Because I'm constantly adjusting the fire. Because it, it does... You still they, The guns are still floaty, so you got to constantly reorient the, you know the trajectory and it's easy to take take a torpedo but so i actually really like the Jinan partly because i it's it feels like an atlanta with smoke where you just you just trade it feels like a tier 10 flint and i really like that um and on top of that i really like the torpedoes you can oh, dish yeah. out so many torpedoes oh, nothing you, you, can push into you you can go in a like, circle <laughs> figure eight yeah. launch torpedoes do a torpedo and, reload and Rinse and repeat. Thirteen five is like usable. It's pretty good. You know? it's Thirteen very five, useful. you can you can make good use of them. Um, you get a nice window of stealth torping. So, I really find the Genon to be a lot of fun. And um, and actually, I have a great moment, which was during the last WMI, uh, where we were in Prague. There was actually we didn't get to see this match, which was really a bummer. But the Genon was actually pointed pretty low because <laughs> it, it's so defensive in competitive play you know it's the, the torpedoes are defensive it doesn't have radar it doesn't have hydro pushing with it is difficult um but if you are trying to if you are a cruiser or a battleship and you're trying to push into a Janon, it's an absolute nightmare um so i think it was penta versus rain maybe and we didn't get to watch it but we watched the we got the replay the, the replay was sent back to us and uh, so we watched the replay render and we watched on this side we watched, I think it was a Condi, a battleship, and a cruiser, another cruiser, all try to push safe to safe. 
and they're pushing into a genon and the genon slows them down so much that it took them forever because it's just it's just wave after wave after wave of torpedoes uh and it it just it never died it just kept these three busy for so long and it took so much health off of them and i was like it finally worked it, like, it, that's it can, what it's supposed to be it can work that reminds me of a game oh, way back when international king of the sea when the first one where i watched the vor versus i think an eu clan and they just teamed up a it was tier eights they had a kudas of i forgot the dd but it was just on a flank on its own and literally they took the cap the dd and the kudas of or the dd smoked him up and they just farmed whatever tried to con- contest it because um it's it's just its rate of fire was so strong. So it, yeah, if the Jinan can be put into that situation where something pushes into it, it's going to dominate. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's just fun, and I enjoy fun stuff. So, any other final yeah. tips or tricks, gentlemen? Um, besides, don't die, don't sail broadside in an Omaha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm. I, I think you I think you hit on a really big one there. I forget exactly who it was, but having an exit strategy in smoke, because a lot of these cruiser has have smoke. And the amount of times I've seen somebody just sitting still as their smoke expires and then they just get absolutely immolated. Yeah, you know, that's that's not always good to see. But um having an exit strategy is good and staying mobile in your smoke is good as well. Moving back and forth, spread that smoke out. Don't and, just sit in one puff. We can see where you are. And if you are in a high DPM boat, that even if your radar doesn't cool down, if something smokes up within 10 or 11 Ks and it's low, just you've got high DPM, shoot that smoke. Um, you can see if you zoomed in, you get the little black puffs of um, smoke when you impact the, the vessel. And you aim for those. You can easily kill a boat doing that. So don't just move off to something else. Um, farm the smoke the smoke's there but it, it slows the ship enemy ship down that you can still hit it there you go um campaigns in-game campaigns. so we've recently had um web campaigns for the uss missouri uss black and i forgot the acronym for the greek navy so i've just put down the velos uh we have not had an in-game campaign since the epoch of the five ages um, the in-game campaigns are varied for new players to higher tier players. Um, the higher tier ones gain um, the special captains for Yamato and Admiral Halsey. Um, do we think... Now, this isn't a question for you, Box. It's more as a generic one. Do we think we'll ever get another in-game campaign? Um, we have had some... Well, so it's a question for Green. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a question for discussion of... Um, what would we like to see if we did have one? So I'm not saying that, ask why we don't have one. It's more like, what would we like to see if we did have one? Because I actually like those in-game campaigns. We've, we've had a few in the past, like the steel one, where people put in 50 or 60 bucks and you completed a whole bunch of ones to get steel one year. Uh, we had the limited time campaigns to get camos, the white camos for the Sharnhorst and the Edinburgh. Um, that was for the Graf Spey when she first came out. So that we, we've had plenty of in-game campaigns, but we haven't seen um, any for a while. I'd love to see more, but um, but if we did see, what would we like to see if we could have an in-game campaign? I mean, <clears throat> I'm always a big fan of permanent things. Like, I really enjoy... I'm a complete simp for permacamos. So am I. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a, I. I love. I'm a completionist. So I'll go through these campaigns to completely knock them out, like complete them with honors, so to speak. 
Sure. I yeah, actually yeah. just went through and bought, well, I spent a large amount of coal that I'm not going to say on stream. Um, I, I spent a large amount of coal here completing a lot of these events and collections. And it, it, there's a lot of really nice camos in here. There's a lot of really nice stuff in here. And it, it really just kind of brought me back down memory lane with when I was starting off. I really do enjoy these collections and everything as well. And yeah, the, the camos in general, I just think are great. Like they, they are still things that even, even though I work for the company, like I still, my imagination takes over a little bit when yeah. I put on a, a cool camo. Like it, to me right now, the ones that I'm, I'm kind of on a kick, I, the bronze, the steel, uh, the bronze, the silver and the gold camos. Like I really like those ones. They look oh, I love. tangible. I love, and this is digressing, I love a few, probably half a year, a year ago when Wargaming added effects of the region to your ship. So if you're on the snow map, you'd actually have snow oh, yeah. ice on your deck. That that was bloody phenomenal because um, um, that, 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 that was... I remember tanks, you could have up to three camos depending on the type of map. Yeah. That would be the one yeah. that would be played. But I love the ice camos. If you've got the Edinburgh or Shan, or just having the ice and icicles on all the lanyards, they, they are bloody phenomenal. Yeah. Um, one thing I would really like to see, though I don't know if this is ever going to happen or not, but personally, I would love to see, um, I would love to see like attachable things that you could attach to your ship, uh, aesthetic wise. Um, <laughs> like can, you, can you imagine what the mothers would do with that? Well, so that's why I thing. don't want to. Um, but like, Tanks, for example, like you were mentioning, tanks has multiple things you can yes. you can put multiple paint jobs, just like yes, we can yes. in, in ships. But also, you can you can add decals. You can add uh, they they even have like entire kits that will re outfit your tank. Like uh, it'll we we I we I know more than a few weeks ago we discussed things like we got marks of excellence in tanks, and we, we were thinking, could we get marks of excellence in ships? And then you have ribbons upon your main battery turrets. So like um, that would yeah. Be so I actually, I brought that up quite a while ago. Um, I did bring that up and it was, we talked about it a while, but at the moment it's difficult to know how to make something like that work with ships yes, just because when, when, like in tanks, for example, you're very close to your tank. Um, you're camera wise, you're very close yes. to your tank. Uh, you can see the, the marks on your barrel. Other people can see the marks on your barrel because the barrel is very big and prominent. You know, the barrel comparatively takes up a lot more of the total mass of the tank than do like the barrels on an Iowa, let's say. Mm. Um, so it's difficult to know how that works. It, uh, it would be, it would be. But, um, but about campaigns specifically, I would love to see permanent camouflages at the end of uh, campaigns, like I, really cool ones that I, have... Uh, I, I don't know how much effort's involved development-wise to make them, but a bit of history for certain battles or conflicts and then having a camo... It, uh, look, I, I don't like submarines, but even having a unique captain for submarines like we have for Yamamoto or Halsey or something like you've, like it's a submarine campaign, you... you, you play through like the five ages of sure. the epoch um, but do you think you'd be more interested in commanders and captains if they were if if the captain that was manning your ship was visible in the client like in the game i don't or know do you think it's that. just I, I i it's more for the perks it's it's more for the perks so if you've got yamamoto you get first blood you get the fireworks like i, I love that in game um, a feature and interaction. I'd, I'd love to see more captains that had those little bits, like even the ones you buy for Cole or doubloons. Um, 
they they have perks like to grease the gears sometimes or other little bits sure. and pieces. But but you're right. If if they do something um, a certain action in game, like they get a double strike, it'd be it'd be great if they have a visual cue. Um, yeah, that's just me being um uh, I don't know thinking. No, no, I, I I get you. Um, I, actually, I could I'll take that one step further and say that one of my favorite additions that uh, we put in was uh when uh the I guess it's just visuals, but like when the AA goes, right? When the AA starts firing, now you see the AA guns firing. Yeah, I love that I they really rotate like that. as well, even mm-hmm. even when there are no AA, it's like the crews are yeah. actively manually looking around. Right. Um and I like a lot the uh the way that when you are using a repair party or a damage control party, the lights on the ship will change. Yes. Depending on what you're doing. Um, I also really, really like that on, for example, I know for sure that the Satsuma and the Hanover both have this, but when you activate your combat instructions, uh, like, searchlights turn on. And it's like, okay, cool. I like they that are, I can press a button cool. and my, the aesthetic of my ship will change. I think that's very cool. I, I would love that. And um, even on more ships or captains. And look, if we unlock them via campaigns, I'm, I'm not against that. Like, I, I, I just like the ability, like... Um, for me, I've played the game for a long time, so other than playing clan battles, which I enjoy with clan mates or murking, playing ranked, I've got most of tier 10, so it, it's trying to find a drive to constantly play and what what could be there. And in-game campaigns are one thing that would... Like, even if it's all super ships, a super ship campaign, campaign play these sure, type yeah. of ships to maybe get a, a unique camo for whichever super ship you want type thing. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, um, campaigns. Is there anything you'd like to see in a campaign, Greeny? I so I was kind of thinking on you. You y'all got me thinking, which you shouldn't have done, <laughs> uh, because there's smoke pouring out of my ears now. Now my now my dorm room's hot. But um, I was thinking about um, when when Mister Poggy here mentioned camos and the the three uh, D styles and stuff in World of Tanks. And that got me thinking, so I opened World of Tanks, then I got distracted because I started looking at my E100. Yeah. But the the thing that I kind of, the, the conclusion I was kind of getting to is I think that it would be cool if they had a 3D style like this. It doesn't even, it doesn't even have to be one like from a promotional event like um, the Space Marine one I'm looking at right now. Um, but you know, I, I think that it would be cool to have a, a campaign or, or mission chain or something where at the end of it you got a 3D style kind of like this. You know, it, it could be sure. yeah, like yeah. like the Gothic for the Bismarck. Oh, um, isn't that, that cool? Oh my god, it is. But then I to, to like play, oh, on. I, I, play Bismarck. No, no, so I, I, I love I love taking out the wooden camo for the Chunbu. People go, what the yeah. is that? No, that and 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 those camos are awesome because it lets the art department run wild except the fin yang when we play clan battles tier eight i made my clan mates go blind with that fin yang bright red um asian lantern camo (laughs) yeah but even those the the pan asian uh those those sort of like lantern they're pretty uh, cool camos those are so neat or like uh people don't know them as well but the lunar new year camos for the for the chinese ships the um the Beiji and the Wuching, like yep. Yep. they have such cool. They look or like they have like the, old medieval the, armor on them. It's yeah. so neat. But you get those camos as well for the I, I Dunkirk be, and others. Yeah, 
I think it'd be cool to to have some camels like that at the end of a campaign. Um, because I granted I'm not one of these people because I, I like collecting the little models that mm-hmm. the that are made. But I know that there's people who after they're, you know, after they get to the end of it, they're like, Wow, I did all this for two resource containers. I hate this. Oh, I no, yeah, Yamamoto stupid. gave away super containers at each level. That was pretty awesome. Well, the, 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 I, I'm happy with rewards like that. Um, with with the containers and everything, because again, I just like completing that kind of stuff on the side. But I think a good avenue to potentially go down, or something that I'd like to see to to circle back to the question, is is maybe throwing a three D style or something. And every so often, not not every campaign, because the the second you start flooding the game with them, you're just all you're doing is debasing the value of those camos. But the world of the wargaming overall. World of Warships and, and World of Tanks, because that got roped in. I didn't rope that in, but it got roped in. They they just have a track record of making incredible 3D camos and reskins for vehicles. And I, I really think that that can be expanded upon, and sure. the campaigns can be a good way to do that. I will say that it takes a lot longer to make a 3D skin for a ship than it does for a tank. Oh, definitely. Oh, that is something I learned immediately when I arrived yeah. was, oh, right. The model for a tank is smaller and less complex, whereas these, the models for these ships are huge. Oh, you know? de- definitely. That's and that's why I'm not saying you know like I want it now because that's that's <laughs> stupid. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have somebody stress out like that. And you're entirely right. Again, circling back to the E100, it's a it's it's a it's a rhombus stacked on top of another rhombus. There's not all that much difference here. God maybe bless the little, E100. Maybe the E100 dead fail. You know, there's a whole bunch of, there's not all, you're entirely correct. It's not all that complex. With warships, you have to factor in railings. You have to do fire control systems. There's a whole bunch of stuff. And with this, it's, I paint, I paint the two rhombuses blue and there we go. And I put an ultramarines you and there did, we go. My, my camo's done. Did so. I see correctly that tanks brought back the Waffentrager E100? Yes, they did. Oh no. They brought it back for an event. Oh. And that that event runs. Eh, it's run a few times since its inception. There is it like back in randoms? No. Okay, so it's it's like a it's a you, temporary thing. Yeah, it's in a game it. mode. I also I think there was coupons to run it in randoms. Oh, oh that would, that would be awesome. Um, I I was playing tanks like that was my heyday of tanks was the dominating dominating period of the Waffentrager E100. Uh, I used to play uh, competitive with one of the top clans on NA, and I was a heavy tank player. And the the uh, my, my all I remember is just you sit at end of choke, eighteen billion bat chats run at you, you die. <laughs> Your bat chats do the same thing on the other side of the map and take the cap. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's I'm I'm definitely. Yeah. I got that wrong. Let me know. I haven't played World of Tanks heavily in in about three or four years. But I still bop in from time to time because it's it's still a still a nice game. I do too. And in fact, the last time I bopped into tanks, I was surprised to find a whole bunch of new stuff because my email address, my wargaming email address, is linked to both of my ships and my tanks games. Yeah. So I have dev status on tanks, and I was getting all this cool <laughs> stuff. And I was like, "Oh, that's amazing! Look at all this cool stuff." That must be very nice. I had to grind um, out. We, we, we have envy. Yep, yep. Very much envy. Very much envy. But we don't get I, everything. Just like a few things, you know. Oh, just that's, so that's cool. more than I get. So envy. Envy, envy, envy. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I will wrap up campaigns. Hopefully, uh, look, I, I know we've had the web campaigns. They've been great, but they, they've been very short term. And I, I'd love to see some more static long-term campaigns available. So we'll keep our eye out for that. that, that hopefully we will in time. Um, moving on, the, the IGN Cruiser Line, <laughs> after three months, it's finally released. The Yodo is out in its full glory. Simple question, is the Yodo worth grinding for? My opinion is yes. It's a fun boat at tier 10. Great torps, great guns, um, trolley armor. It is, it is worth it. It's got not the quickest DPM for a light cruiser. Uh, it, it is still worth it. There are worse tier 10s. The tier 9, though, for that Japanese line is a bit painful to grind through. Gentlemen, do you have any thoughts? I don't know. I, I, I played the tier 7, I think. What's the one with four Mogami turrets? Is that, uh, that's the tier 7? Uh, I'm thinking... Go, uh, go, 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 suck it. Hold on. Go suck oh, I can't have, I can't have both clients open at the isn't, same time. Isn't that the 6 Agano? Okay, um, then yeah, Shima I think it's the Shimanto's 7. at 8. Takahashi. I think it's the seven. I, I I got the tier seven from the event, and that's about it. I I don't have a good history with Japanese cruisers, so it's not a line I'm I'm jumping to uh, regrind. And Fair I'm currently regrinding for Research Bureau, so yeah. I, I don't want to throw. Uh, Speak, RP, speaking uh, of that, um, in about two three days when this podcast drops, the double reset will be back. So probably. I don't know the exact day off the top of my head, but if you are grinding research bureaus, um, do your double reset in a few days. Remember the IGN gunboat line, the Harugamo, uses the least amount of XP to grind through. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you can you can reset it multiple times. Oh, no, so. I've done that in stream. Last time I did I did it up to 11 times. <laughs> I had yeah, a lot I think of free last XP. time I did it, it was like 11. I had a lot of free XP. Um, but Look at I get you guys with your free XP. I think I have like 100,000. I wanted to buy the Hector when it came out, and um, I've only got about, I think, six more unique modules to get, but I want to grind more. I think I'm back up to about 80,000 Research Bureau, because I want to get all the remaining unique modules, because with the testing ongoing with the new ones, don't know what they all entail, but regardless, it sounds like we will get some in the future, so I'm preparing myself for that by doing that grind. Yeah. Yeah. um well, okay. since you asked about the Yodo, yes. um, I mean, I, I understand why a lot of people uh, are frustrated by it, because I, I, the funniest thing to me is that people get stuck on the light cruiser thing. Um, it's, it's the whole, Everyone listening who doesn't know this, a ship is determined, like, a ship's designation is determined by the caliber of its guns. It's not, that's, that's the factor. So, like, a light cruiser is basically something that has guns smaller than eight inches, so smaller than two hundred three millimeters. So it's a light cruiser, but the hull is really that of kind of like a medium or a heavy cruiser in the sense that it's big and it's sluggish. It's not. Oh, it can't. It can't take it. That's what I mean. It's got good armor. It can't take a. It can't take a bit of a punch. A bit, yeah, but like again, you're you're not. You you do not want to get hit by a battleship. No, you don't want to do that. And to do to avoid that, you know, like what can you do? You don't have a, uh, a smoke, so it's like okay. Well, so what do you do? Well, you can you could fire accurately at eighteen kilometers in a light cruiser. Like that's insane. Uh, like, it's only a few light cruisers that can do that. Um, while your DPM isn't great, you will light a lot of fires, and that's that's what you should be doing. You should be lighting fires on battleships at long range, 
you should be always dropping your torpedoes. Yeah, like, they got great You have range. so many torpedoes. They go 15 kilometers and they hit like a cement truck. You need to be laying down those torpedoes frequently. Use your stealth. You do, you know, you still got, I think it's like 10-1, something like that. 10-1 kilometer detection. It's pretty good. You got to be careful to make sure you don't get surprised by a DD, but like get up there and use those torpedoes. Like, people try to just play it as a gunboat because they see, you know, a metric boatload of guns and they go, well, this has got to be a gunboat. It's like, well, kind of is, but you have 15 kilometer torpedoes. Lots of them. Use mm -hmm. them. Like, think about that as one of like. And you don't always need a smoke. Of, smoke is deadly yeah, for a cruise to sit in. Um, yeah, I mean, just like. Really, I fire and forget your torps. You'll hit stuff, and it'll do a lot of damage, and it'll start bringing up your games. So, and be glad that friendly fire is off. Yes, be very glad that friendly fire is not a thing anymore. <laughs> Alrighty. Now, Greeny. Oh, I must say, um, congrats to our winner last week in Dogness. We gave away a T-rate boat. He picked the San Diego for his boat prize. So great boat pick. Congrats to the winner. Now we've got another prize or question of the week. Do you have this on hand? I do. Um, you can blame Boggy for this because he got me going back down World of Tanks. So I'm going to ask a tank question on a boat <laughs> podcast. Who would have seen this coming? And oh Judge, God. if you DM me and say that an Iowa has eight boilers again, I'm blocking you. <laughs> Every every week for every question of the week, he re he texts me. Oh, I have the question of the week. Okay, what is it? What's the answer? Iowa has eight boilers. Nope, that was the first question I asked. All right, thank you. But I was going to ask how much the E100 weighed and how many were made. If you want to DM either Griefer or myself the answer, we can put you into the spreadsheet there and uh, get some codes out to you. Yes, and um, you can also there's the ship. Scuttlebutt um, email as well that I do monitor. So anyone that emails through to that, I will add that to the spreadsheet. Yes. Uh, Captain Green123 on Discord. I'm on, we're both on the official WoW server. So we yeah. should be relatively easy to track down if you if, want to go through Discord. If you do use Discord, hop onto the official WoW server. There, there are a lot of good articles and events through there. So it's a good hub of information. So don't limit yourself. Yes. It, it costs you nothing to join. Um, moving on, what boat would we love to see in the game? Um, if you could add any one boat, I've got two options here. What would it be and why? For me, I've picked the HMAS Vendetta, which is a Commonwealth DD line. It's another daring class, sister ship to the vampire. Um, can be built different potentially. I'd love to see this potentially for a tech tree Commonwealth line. Um, and I, I, I just, I, I, passionate about the Commonwealth um, line and I know we've got a few premiums so I'd love to see one day a tech tree line for the Commonwealth because it, it, it spans several nations not only Australia New Zealand but you've got Canada you've got South Africa you've got the British Raj um, there'd be so much that we potentially could add theoretically but we'll see one day but HMAS Vendetta for me and then I came across a, a Japanese um, cruiser and if you're Australian, you understand it's 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 an O with a hyphen above it and an I. So I just called it the the Oi. <laughs> I would love a Japanese cruiser called an Oi. Oi, get over here. Oi, uh, Oi. Uh, 
Yeah, so for me, oh, and the USS O'Bannon, um, throwing potatoes at a Japanese submarine to sink it, and the Japanese dived because they thought they were grenades. That's a pretty I was going to say that. I ah. really love the O'Bannon in game. Is there anything, um, sorry, Greeny, you can have the O'Bannon. No, 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 I've got another. I've got one on deck. I want, I'm channeling, now, That this is a name that I know Griefer knows, I don't know if Boggy knows, but I'm channeling my inner Venesira here. I don't know if I know that name. Um, sorry, I I noise. Um, but Venusira uh, was on the um, original Warships podcast. Oh, Tom oh, oh, that Tempest. yes, I absolutely know who she is. Right? She always wanted the Washington in the game, and I am also a proponent of getting the Washington in the game. Um, yes, it is a North Cal. Yes, there already is a you know ship from that class in the game but i want specifically the uss washington it's a very storied ship it's a very interesting ship and it's uh i think one that a lot of people would want isn't that the wasn't the washington that was the last battleship to battleship engagement ever i don't know that off the top of my head i know the the most famous engagement for her was when sodak was running around suffering from power issues she was beating the ever-living crap out of a Congo-class battlecruiser oh, off that's Waddle that Canal. Is. Yeah. Yeah, when, when Sodak, you know, somebody, I don't know, plugged in an Xbox or something, and it shorted out the whole power grid on the ship. And okay. The, yeah. And then so, the Washington was just sitting behind her, just using the radar and just tearing into the Japanese. So that was a dig at me. I understand, Green. But... Um, How was it a dig? Okay, so... One of my other most incredible experiences that I've had with Wargaming was when the NA team spent an entire weekend uh, on the USS Hornet in yeah, Alameda, did California. You? I didn't know this. Yes, we did. It was amazing. I'm envious. But again. during that time, I plugged in a coffee maker in the Admiral's conference room <laughs> having our meeting. Oh, and I God. shorted out I shorted out all the electrics to that deck. We did not know this. <laughs> no, I didn't know so this. I now have the uh i now have the honor of saying that i have caused more damage to the uss hornet than any enemy in history <laughs> oh my like, goodness the uss hornet have they painted one, your face on the side of the hornet they, says uh, it participated in the sinking of yamato it literally its planes landed bombs and torpedo strikes on yamato and yamato never even scratched the paint i literally shut the lights down by plugging in a copy. New tier 12 super ship, the Bogsy is coming to World of Warships, more powerful than the Yamato. Uh, no, the Bogsy Gremlin, you open it through the, a crate, in mid-battle, it'll power out your ship. The USS just, Mr. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> USS K-Cup. That's for USS K-Cup. That is a cool story. I did not know that, so didn't thank you for sharing. Didn't know that, but that's, yeah, that's I, I called good. my dad and I was like, Dad, I, I nearly sunk a U.S. aircraft carrier today. He's like, what? <laughs> was, yeah, it was, that, was, that was a great time, though. Oh, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure did, everyone's going to love knowing that little fact about you now. It was, it was great. My, my team at, in NA constantly teases me about this, that I, you know, basically tried to sink the Hornet. Um, well, I, I accidentally hit a community contributor in the head with a Bofors gun on the USS Massachusetts during a Let's Battle Tour event. So what? we're both. Okay. So my friend and I, I worked nights at the time, so I wasn't very cognitive. 
And my other friend is a, I love him to pieces. Tom, if you're listening, I love you to pieces, man, but you're a moron. And my friend and I were playing on one of the Bofors mounts on the USS Massachusetts. Um, the mount still turns, the, the gun's still elevated. It was me and a whole bunch of other uh, World of Warships players and, and kids and stuff. There's like 15 people on this Bofors mount. And I, you know, we were just, oh, well, you know, over there playing, ah, you know, we we're just having fun turning the gun around because I'm just a child at heart. And a certain, should I say his name? Yeah, yeah, here we go. Um, a, a Mr. No Zoop for You was taking pictures and just minding his own business. And he he was trying to get a nice picture from the, the stern of the USS Massachusetts. And I called, you know, somebody called a plane over there, you know, over at about the, if you're looking forward to the ship, it was about the three o'clock position. So, you know, I was doing my job. I was cranking the Bofors mount over. And somebody, I don't know who, because there's about five kids over on the other side of the gun where they have the uh, elevation controls. And it's, but somebody had dropped the elevation and we just thonked him in the oh. side of the head with a Bofors mount. Hopefully you apologized. Oh yeah, no, I I I, I apologized. It, you know, he turned around, he was fine about it. There there was no, you know, because no again, Ill, Ill feelings. Oh it did, yeah, no, definitely. And I and I felt terrible too. I, I bought him a hot dog and a beer and stuff. Yeah. So but yeah, there there was that. So I don't know. I guess I I'm also a tier twelve premium or <laughs> tier twelve super ship. I don't know. Incredible. Yeah, oh yeah. Your F button is forty millimeter Beaufort to the face, huh? <laughs> it's incredible. My my no my F button is uh, public is, embarrassment. Is there any is there any boat that you wish you could get added to the game that that you'd love to see there, Bugsy? Yeah, yeah. Um. Well, so for the longest time, back when I was doing my own podcast, I would constantly. Reference that I really wanted to see repulse and renown in the yeah. game. Um, battle cruisers are, are my favorite playstyle. Yes, you know, things that aren't quite battleships aren't quite cruisers. Uh, it's, it's kind of the reason why I really like the large cruisers like uh, Aegir or Schroeder, yeah. uh, Siegfried, and uh, some of the French ones too. I, I really like the Carno, for example. And I know a lot of other people don't like the Carno, but I love it. Um, so when you know proper battle cruisers came out, I was like, yes, man, I, I love that. I love that. It's like, no, you're not generally going to win to stand up fight against another battleship. But if you're good enough, you can you can minimize your weaknesses. You can try to, you know, angle properly, tank battleship shells on the belt to avoid the nose. And then once you're in close, the battlecruisers tend to have like torpedoes. So you can sort of brawl a little bit. It's just cool, right? Yes. I like being quick. It's cool. So when Repulse and Renown got added, I was just thrilled. And I was like, well, what else would I like to see? And I really would like to see um, the USS Johnston. Uh, added if for those that don't know the johnston was a fletcher class um destroyer it was actually the commander's a really cool guy his, himself the commander was actually the first native american uh to captain a ship in the u.s navy his name was um ernest e evans triple e and uh that guy was a complete badass so he uh he said uh i think when the ship was launched he said uh, I intend for this to be a fighting ship. Anyone, anyone like who does not agree with, like who doesn't want that, like should get off now. Something, something cool like that. So I forget what the battle was called, but um, I think it was Samar Island, maybe Battle of Samar Island. Yeah, Battle, Samar of Samar, Island, yeah. battle of Samar. Um, so basically, like 
a Japanese squadron came bearing down on these um, transports and escort carriers, uh, including Yamato. Yamato was there, actually, and, and actually fired guns in anger. And uh, the Johnston, being one of the escorting destroyers for this group, decides, okay, you know, our job is basically to try and protect these escort carriers. So they, they, they run around, they lay smoke, they try to hide their escort carriers to give them cover to leave. Uh, and then eventually, uh, the Johnston... And a couple other destroyers from the group, they basically turn and they run straight at these Japanese battleships. Uh, there were several, there was, I think there were a couple of the Congos, um, uh, I think maybe the Fuso was there, I'm not entirely sure, but Yamada yeah, was definitely Yahagi there. was there. Okay, there you go, yeah. And so they, they drop their torpedoes in the water, they actually open up with guns on some of these Japanese battleships, and they get into a gunfight with, you know, these steel monsters. And needless to say, it goes very poorly for them. The Johnson itself gets just gets shredded by uh, battleship caliber shells. Uh, but they keep fighting to try and you know cover their uh, you know cover the people they were there to escort. And it's just it's just heroic. Um, it's a great story. Uh, and the, the Johnston yeah. sank in thousands and thousands of meters full of water, and they, they actually ended up finding the wreck. Yeah, in uh, 2019, she actually won. Yeah, she earned six battle stars, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, so really cool. I would love to see that in the game as like, um, you know, something that that pays homage to the to the history with like uh, some extra constitution. Maybe I don't know. Maybe a heel. You don't want it to be like the kid too much. But maybe a heel. Maybe give it French saturation so that it just keeps getting hit and hit and hit and it doesn't die. Like I think that's oh, a that, cool that way to French saturation on USDD would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, you can't have a heel with that, obviously. That would be insane. But, like, uh, maybe give it, like, um, the Pan-Asian smoke so that it, it has a faster reload on its on its smokes. You know, something like that. Um, that would be sort of separated from other Fletcher classes, I think, would be really cool. I think the Johnson is is actually the deepest shipwreck uh, yes. so far. Yes, so, it's, it's somewhere, uh, yeah. it's, like, miles down. It's, it's, I think it fell down, or it's very, it's it's on the, the edge of the Marianas Trench or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it's, she, she's down there. So, um, I would love to see that, and then I think also, there was one other ship, uh, I'm really looking forward for West Virginia 44 coming in, uh, into the game. Um, but, because uh, I think that's a really cool, actual, real, you know, real life ship that we don't have yet yep um, i i actually really agree there there's a lot of people just think that after the introduction uh or after the u.s after pearl harbor the u.s standards just kind of got sidelined but there was a lot of them that were refurbished rebuilt and and, and still put out and i i think that it'd be very interesting to see those yeah um i don't know i don't know what else there is i mean i mostly the battle cruisers that uh you know, Repulse and Renown, I just absolutely adore, and those are the ones that I've always wanted. So I got, I got what I wanted. Um, I'd love to see. Uh, okay, here's this isn't real, but I'd love to see this. I would love to see a refit hood in the game. Mm. One that doesn't detonate. <laughs> I'd love to see like a hood forty five or something like yeah. that. Like what the hood would have been if it had been able to be. She she's a pretty cool battle cruiser. Yeah, just that would be cool. Um, I'd also like to see turning torpedoes put on the uh, the hood, the existing hood, the same because it actually did have those underwater torpedo tubes. Yeah. Um, oh. I would also like to see those turning torps added to the Forest Sherman so that the Forest Sherman's torp angles can open up a little uh, bit. Look, how funny is it still when you get like five Forest Sherman torp hits in a game? 
Um, I would love to see... Now, this, this is a, just a wish list. This isn't a particular ship. I would love to see on different ships to have a variety of gun options. Like, you look at the Megami, that's got the 155s and the 203s. Uh, but then you've got the Harakaze, where you've got the different builds based upon the hull. I'd love to see that on the tech tree, where you've got the ship early war, maybe late war different hulls or different configurations that you can do. I know, I know that's a lot of work and balancing to do that, but it just sometimes open different options for boats. And we do have that, like with the FDG, um, the GK, you can have the different caliber guns on your BB. So it was pretty cool, yep. I thought. Yep, that is pretty interesting. That would be... Uh... That would be a lot of work, though. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And I'm well aware. It's easy for us to talk about it verbally, but... In game, I know what type of work it would entail, not only development, balancing, and everything else. So it opens up a can of worms to even go down that path. Yeah. Um, Greeny, history section this week. Technology used in the conflict. You do have something for us this week, I believe. Yes, I do. I actually was able to <laughs> do. do by part of the podcast this week. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> oh, you're yeah, busy. My, you, you, you work hard. Yeah. You work hard. You're, look, you, you played Little League to receive um, ham slices to the face. So, Yeah, that's. I should start wearing a, a, a catcher's mask to work. I think that'd be good. It'd also keep my hair out of the way. But um, I wanted to talk briefly and... The reason I'm saying briefly is because if this is something that you guys let me just keep going about, I will monologue for hours about this. But uh, the U.S. fire control system used on all ships during the Second World War, which there's a big misconception that it's the Mark 38. That is just the director. The actual hunk of rock that humanity tricked into thinking for some reason is the Mark I and the Mark I-A, which are two early, early, early analog computers, which is something that not a lot of people know. So the, the, the way that these systems worked is they were constantly fed data, both from radars and from these fire directors, and uh, just fed data by uh, crew members as well who were stationed at these devices. But it would constantly produce a firing solution. Um, you'd be able to input, okay, my targets at X yards, traveling at Y speed on Z bearing, and I'm using one, you know, this gun. And the computer would be able to accurately give you a, um, a, a firing solution. And the, the other thing that I found out that was very, very interesting about this as well is that the gear ratios were changed because this was uh, also on the Mark 1A. That's the difference between a Mark 1 and a Mark 1A. Um, because the system was also used to track air targets as well. Um, it, it could also be used to direct anti-aircraft guns. And all of the weapon systems were electronically connected to these computers. So that's a pretty complex um, bit of equipment. Was that stored with the guns or was it more central in the vessel? Uh, that was central and very, 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 very deep down in, in the ship. Um, some, a few other little factoids here that we have is that the computer also took into account barrel wear, the type of powder used in the shell, the uh, rotation of the earth, 
and the effect that that has both on where the target will be relative to the point of impact and on the shell itself in flight. So th this wasn't because, again, there's a, there's a misconception that a lot of technology during the Second World War wasn't incredible, wasn't that advanced, wasn't that crazy. When you have a what's essentially a one ton box that they have been able to to. I, I'm going to use the word train, although that's not proper in the slightest form, but they, 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 they've trained this box to constantly output the most accurate firing solutions during the Second World War. And based with based all of upon these the data variables. So yeah, like exactly. Pitch, pitch the role of the ship, wind, um, range, and everything else. The, the one time that they had to upgrade this system, just this is just how robust the, this firing control system was. The one time they had to update it was post-war when the U.S. Navy started uh, having difficulties tracking jets because the targets, uh, the maximum speed that the computer could compute to uh, was th uh, 300 knots on the first variant on the Mark I. And then there were all Mark I's were upgraded to um, uh, track targets up, moving up to 600 miles an hour. But they were still called Mark Ones because the U.S. Navy makes no sense when it comes to, uh, you know, letting people know and, and marking differences and changes of equipments. But the Mark One A could track targets up to twelve hundred knots, and this was all done simply. This wasn't a computing problem. This was simply done by uh, changing the gear ratios in the com in the computer itself, which Hardware again. Issue. Yeah, exactly. When you think about it, that's like the U.S. Navy. All they have to do to, to keep their, their, their current-gen radar operational on the cutting edge of technology is, is just, you know, change out the RAM. Like, all, everything else is already plugged in. They just need to change the, the gear ratios in the, in the speed, in the device that they use to input speed. That's all they had to do. Um, so compared to other nations, I take it other nations weren't as advanced with their um, with their fire sol firing solutions. There, the the other nations were they they were not as advanced when it comes to inputting uh, fire data. Their solutions were on were were within the same ballpark as this system. Um, the Germans had a very, very, very good system. The Italians had men with binoculars, and the the Japanese. You, you, knocked, you knocked the Italians so much. No, no, no. The 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 Japanese also had at the beginning of the war uh, men with binoculars who were merely trained to observe fall of shot and all that stuff. That isn't that isn't a dig against the Italians. They 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 relied on an optical system, so they yeah. used an optical rangefinder. I believe it's called the stereoscopic rangefinder. Um, to to you know uh, find the range of the target, they relayed that they relayed that to the guns, and then the guns would shoot. And okay, you need to drop by four hundred yards. Okay, you need to move up by two hundred yards. Stuff like that. Which the stereoscopic rangefinder can tell you to within ten meters um, the the your range to a target. And the stereoscopic rangefinders were not just bolted to the deck. They were on mounts that, that were gyroscopically stabilized because, again, boats move. And, and you can't get an accurate reading if, if the ship uh, rolls and you lose sight of target very frequently. Yeah. So the, 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 they, it, it was an incredibly complex system. That wasn't a, a dig against the Italians. 
Um, the, the Japanese use it as well. That's they, they didn't use fire. Uh, they didn't rely heavily on fire control radar uh, during the Guadalcanal operations when they were all just kind of kicking around in the dark uh, playing with the U.S., because they were afraid that the radar would give their position away. So they just had their, their, their crews running relatively similar optical systems and they just trained them heavily at, uh, in night combat and in, in night, you know, they, they trained them heavily on uh, being able to discern targets at night because contrary to popular belief, you can, you can very easily see a ship of the time at night. You're not going to see them at 20 nautical miles. You might see them at 10, but there, there's still uh, sparks coming out of the exhaust. There's still sound. There, there's ways to detect the ship moving around at night. Um, but yeah, the British system comes very close to the to the U.S. when it comes to their fire control systems. But they did not take into uh, the uh, they did not take into account the like. I always mispronounce this word. I'm gonna find it. Where is it? It's the. Um, He's thinking. Thinking music. No, 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 the cholerosis effect. What is it? No, that sounds like a bad disease. Yeah, that's why I, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I can't find. But it's it's the it's the the ballistics term for when taking into account the rotation of the Earth. Um, they didn't. The the British system did not take that into effect. And didn't take the Magnus effect in, uh, into consideration as well. From memory, that could be wrong. I could be thinking of a, of a of an earlier version of the British fire control system. Um, but, That's still pretty cool. That is still yeah, pretty cool part of history. Yeah, it is because when when you I, I've seen the set that they have in the USS Massachusetts. I've seen the set they have on um, the the Salem. I've, I've messed around with the set they have on the Salem because I know the people of the USS Salem. You didn't kill anyone um, with it where you did it, did you? No, I could. I if I dude, I would kill somebody if I hit them in the head with a uh, <laughs> with the three inch mounts they have there. But no, being being able to input the the data uh, into a computer and, and into the computer and seeing how it works is is incredibly interesting. That's pretty um, cool. The other thing is, is this was a set, and this was a system that was present on every U.S. ship that had a, a that was large enough to to adequately support it. You you didn't have like tugboats running around with this; they didn't need it. But you know, uh, destroyer escorts had this, Fletchers had this. Um, the only difference in the system, uh, whenever you went up or down in in terms of the ship tonnage, was the amount of fire directors uh, that they plugged into the computer. So, you know, uh, battleships would have four to six directors. Fletcher would have one or two, you know, stuff like that. That is still and, pretty cool. Very good oh, bit of history. It's, it's awesome. And I could tell I put Boggsy to sleep because he hasn't said a single <laughs> word. I'm just listening, brother. All I can say is we do have accurate um, U.S guns in game so i'd like to think that the um the developer took that into account potentially um as to the reason why that the us have pretty accurate guns in game yes <laughs> bit of a laugh there but uh, look i don't i don't know i don't it, know look we we, we don't know why they did some of the figures that they do it's it look for me it's a game i love the history i love the ships but um we, we can't track it to real life 
um, because in the end it is an arcade game. Yeah, I, I think that that's something everybody should remember is that is that arcade games need to have you know some amount of variability to make sure that you don't have the same exact experience um, you know uh, too often or at all if possible. Yeah. Um, and that you know balancing real realities have to come first uh, so you know it's it's sort of like it's like a story that's inspired by a real life event but it, it's not necessarily going to be uh verbatim or tagged onto it no, no. it just it just can't be so no, but it was a cool bit of history so thank you for that greenie that was uh, we'll look forward to your next one next week we're giving you homework yet again give, give me give me give me give me something what do, what do you want me to see i don't want to choose something that's going to Put somebody to sleep. Well, what do you done, want to see next? We've done week? five directors. Um, oh, we could talk about different eight-inch guns between the nations because not all eight inches are the same. No, no, <laughs> giggity, giggity. No, that's that's a <laughs> it's a very interesting topic as well because I I can I can rag on the Japanese for having poorly designed eight-inch guns. So all that's right. going to be perfect. perfect. Poorly designed twenty-five millimeter guns. Poorly designed guns, period. When listen, when you have oxen dragging your stuff in between factories, you just eh, it's not it's not gonna come out the best. Uh, culturally sensitive, Greeny. Uh, listen. They did. There's pictures of oxen pulling they, zeros they, in between they, factories. They used the best of the equipment that they had available at the time. It was mostly uh it was mostly horses that dragged all the uh, most of the artillery and from Germany into France and then yeah. off into Russia. Very yes. people, people assume that the Wehrmacht was this highly motorized. No, thing, they, 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 they had millions of horses and they used there, them to yeah. the end of the conflict. There's a lot of German mythos that I, I I love, 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 love shattering, and that that's one of my favorites. Because again, everybody oh Blitzkrieg, 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 Blitzkrieg. When it was actually the British that invented mobile armored warfare. But even, <sighs> even late in the conflict, when like they were trying to resupply tanks and vehicles, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a, a fuel tanker that would come up to the tank. If <laughs> you would be carried by horse. Yeah, that that that's that's just very very interesting as well. It Ugh. is. But on that note, I must say, Bogsy, special thank you for coming out on your weekend off. So I do appreciate that you've joined us on the podcast this week, sir. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, gentlemen. This has been a lot of fun. Your check will be in the mm. nah, No check. <laughs> <laughs> Completely voluntary. Greeny, again, thank you again for joining us this week. Um, I know oh, it takes no, a bit no, of time no. out of your life as well, so I do appreciate the time and effort you put I, 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 I enjoy the time. My roommates give me bad looks when it gets to be that time of the week. They look at me like sad puppies every Saturday, and they're like, "Is it podcast tonight? Are you going to be recording a podcast tonight?" And I have to tell them to stop yelling profanities and a whole bunch of other things. Actually, Bucky, so, before we end, have you ever had Tim Tams before? Tim, you no, know, he that's hasn't. A, and you're going to send him to me. That's an Australian thing. It is. It? You know what? I'm going to reach out to you offline. I'll get. I'll get even your work address. If I can, I'm going to send you some Tim Tams to try some Australian uh, Tim Tams. Yes. Bogsy, and, bad a link, for your and, and a link, and the link, and the link to a Tim Tam slam. I was going to say, couldn't I? I could probably just order them online. You can. You can. That's what I do. I order them from Amazon. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll order some Tim Tams. I'll share them they're, with the NA office. Yeah. They're bad for your figure. No, just give them to me. I don't care about my figure. <laughs> Which do you think is worse for my figure, Tim Tams or beer? Tim Tams. Uh, beer. Oh, okay. 
Yikes. Because the Tim Tams you probably only get once in a blue moon. The beer you probably have every week. Yeah. Week? Yeah. Day. Day. <clears throat> in Texas. Anyway, <laughs> on that note, gents, take care. Have a great weekend. And anyone listening to this, we'll see you in the game. Have fun. Hasta luego. Bye-bye.